Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. I am Spencer Hall of Every Day Should Be Saturday and SBNation.com. Uh, we're going to talk college football this week, actual college football, live college football with results and scores and tiny little fits thrown by a tiny little man who even standing on top of a stack of all that money given to them by the glorious aristocracy of the state of Alabama still Probably not as tall as the average American male. Who could I be talking about? But no enough clue. Enough about Jeff Sessions. Enough. <laughs> Would you stick to sports. Okay. Nick Saban is boss baby. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm Spencer Hall. That's Holly Anderson. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also joining us here. Oh, hey, Jason Kirk. What's going on, sir? Boss baby. You, you, you <laughs> have to... Stick up for yourself. The me- the fake news media is disrespecting you, boss. The operative word being up. This mission is to recruit. Oh my god! All Metal Gear's about is recruiting. Holy really crap! Is. This falls in line, doesn't it? You need to lobotomize the recruits and deliver them to Alabama <laughs> before the fake news yeah, media only- catches you. We just can't call Nick Saban Big Boss. That's the only no. no. He's um uh, he is they they have the one called like Punished Snake. Yeah. That's Nick Saban. Ooh. Yeah. Punished. Punished, punished by excellence. That's right. My favorite DJ it's Khaled pun- album. Pun- <laughs> <laughs> punished by excellence. Here, I love working so much, I'm going to Instagram 17 hours a day about how I'm working. <laughs> That's not Nick Saban, to be clear. No, 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 no. There is no, there is no, if there is a Nick Saban ghost Instagram account, I hope it's a lot like Jesse Palmer's. It's quietly poignant and it's just like rusting water towers. Yeah. <laughs> just the grapes of wrath. Yeah. There is a Steinbeck reference this week in college football and we will get to that. Okay. Because it involves one of the largest disappointments, but, but can I say consistent disappointments? Like so consistent at this point that I what wonder if it's, that, that's it. Consistent disappointment. The turtle crossing a road. The turtle shaft is the turtle chapter is great, and that actually is related to it because Tom Herman <laughs> and Texas. <clears throat> you know how the turtle in a Steinbeck's basically like, yeah, the turtle's undefeated. Guess who else is undefeated? <laughs> the turtle. Mm-hmm. Maryland. Yeah, we gotta talk. We gotta, we, we gotta get Bo on here. <laughs> no, oh boy. <laughs> I, I want a monologue. That might get him fired. I don't think you they, want. Nobody at ESPN listens to the show. <laughs> That's uh, you know that's true we should just get him on here and let him speak on it mm. let him speak from his heart he's got something on his heart yes he does he's got the weight of how many losses to maryland at this point two mm-hmm. yeah two in a row two straight what losses was the stat that like maryland has or, or something that maryland has like six wins over top 10 teams in the past whatever decade and two of them are texas yeah man don't give them one third of their resume at all. I'm so, fudging the numbers there, but somebody mentioned it on the broadcast that it was bad. All you need to know is that it was troubling enough to Tom Herman that in the press conference uh, today, today being the Monday, uh, he referenced of mice and men. I don't, I don't want to know what characters were what characters. Um, it doesn't end well for the big guy in that book. I, maybe that's what he was talking about. I don't know, man. I can't tell you what's wrong with, I can't tell you what's wrong with Texas, but it, it's it's not good. Too much money, isn't that our, uh, isn't that what the uh, soundboard would say? Yeah, the- so much, money. <laughs> so much money. That's actually better than the soundboard, does it? 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you lose when you have a guy named Lil Jordan Humphrey on your team. It shouldn't happen. Especially when Lil Jordan Humphrey is arguably the best receiver on your team. You're going to waste the career of Lil Jordan Humphrey on like a 8 and 4, 7 and 5 Texas team. I do like that I saw someone had a take that was like, listen, the, the real story here is how Charlie Strong left this cupboard empty. The roster doesn't have any talent on it. It's like, wait, what the fuck? Didn't we just do this three years ago? Are we just going to do this every three years? Just ignore all the, you know, top 10, top 15, top 20 recruiting and just keep saying that the previous coach left the cupboard dry? Is this Does this excuse work forever? I don't get it. Like, yes, Matt Brown sucked for his last couple years and Charlie had to do This is where I think the Aggies like, beat him again. Are, like, literally, did we just Not forget that, that happened? they ever think about that or cry themselves to sleep thinking about that Both. into their waifu pillow that they put little white <laughs> pants on. This is my waifu pillow, Kaylee. She's perfect. With three E's. Three E's. Wait, you can't have a... Are, are there boy waifu pillows? Because you can't have a girl. Those are uh, husboo. Husboo. <laughs> Those are cadet boo. <laughs> the that's where that's where maybe what Texas needs to do, right? That that the the theory being that Austin is too nice, they have too much money. There's absolutely no way that anybody could play with a hard edge when you live in a place as gloriously soft as Austin. That's where the Aggies got them again. Because where are they? They're at a station. You know where you have stations? The outback. And space. Places you want to leave. Yeah, that's it. And, and like subways, transit. Because Aggie football, they're on the journey from excellence to glory, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's quite a route. It's taking yeah. some time. <laughs> it's taking, hey, you know what? We're dealing in like, it's a galaxy out there and life is a journey. So to get to Alpha Centauri... Home of the first Aggie national championship, it might take ninety five years, ninety six years. Uh-huh. Now I say first, first modern. Don't tell me what you claimed. I don't care. Give me that first SEC championship. How about that? Somewhere out there, ninety four light years. The first based the on more than like Sagarin ratings that came along eighty years later. Yeah. Hey, still closer than Texas. Am I right? No, I'm not right. No, actually. actually but yeah. Hell yeah, you are. Hell yeah. Yeah. They, what? Let's see Texas win an SEC championship. Hmm. They're never going to do that. Huh. Huh. Whoop! <laughs> uh, real quick, real quick. I wanted to do a podcast business. Business. Hold that business. What's that business? Podcast business. Dick. So, we did a live show in Atlanta on Friday. You've heard about it several times. It was awesome place was sold out by the way um and uh yeah we're gonna do more of these uh none none, as holly said (laughs) at the time none shall know the hour fuckos but um we will you know we'll we'll look to put together another plan we'd like to move all around see all you folks um we do have some merch for sale online now couple shirt designs hopefully a lot more coming um, you can go to Amen. SB Nation store and search Shutdown Fullcast. There is a promo code there as well. Come fan with us, all one word. Uh, and yeah, all the usual stuff, Twitter and Reddit and so forth. We're looking to get the um, the live show ep out and published as soon as we can. Uh, listen, this sounds like some Fullcast-ass stuff, but um, it, it, we don't currently have possession of the episode. We will, we will obtain it. 
Um, we've sent an Did onion snake to uh, to retrieve it, and he'll be exfiltrated with it any day now. And then we'll see how much of the audio we actually got, because while, yes, we recorded an extremely professional venue with actual professionals helping, but we, our brand tainted the entire experience. We did lose a little bit of it toward the end, but we'll see how much we can salvage. Um, so, yeah, that was podcast business brought to you by yeah. Nobody. Nobody, the sponsor of Excelsior Podcasts Everywhere. We already lost you for tactical mattresses. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> Apparently too erotic even for the erotic arms of literally the erotic arms of Hoover Tactical Firearms. Uh, also, they didn't sell one of them, so that's fine. They sold three. No, they didn't sell one, as in zero. And we left Ryan in the stage on a box, inside a box, so that he could recover the audio. Yeah, in case you're wondering where he is, he's on a mission. Yeah. He's Poison Snake. Snake Snake. Snakes, <laughs> the snake family. Oh, uh, one thing snake- if one thing you should know about that uh, will not be apparent from the audio is that there was a uh, stark visual metaphor that occurred during the show. Um, a little too on the nose. We had a giant cockroach just strutting across the entire front of the stage. Like, wait, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, no one knows where Holly was during recording. She was uh, from a mysterious mm-hmm. location, Every- everywhere, everywhere, and nowhere. But uh, people in the people in the front couple rows were like following the progress of this roach. Someone compared it to the uh, the birds at Florida Georgia twenty twelve bird touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and of course the cockroach is the state of Georgia's state bird, so all was well. That was perfect. I mean, I thought that was that was absolutely ideal. The other moment that was extremely full cast in the show was Jason Kirk at one point being handed a beer. By someone yeah. who then wanted to carry on a conversation. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Georgia fan just walked past the front row, uh, called me down, and uh, gave me a beer. So I had a beer, and he um, informed me that the, uh, I believe it was either the High Museum or an adjacent museum used to be called the Toilet Museum. This is a piece of Atlanta history I was not up on. No, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, there were a lot more details. I was unable to jot them down at the time, but... It was it was, you were, it was very good and appreciated. And uh, shout out to shout out to UGA for uh, for you know sharing that uh, education with me. Yeah, I was about to say uh, that doing that in the middle of a podcast, I've never seen that, and you handled it beautifully. You know, the crowd was very participatory. Uh, you'll hear on the audio, you uh, <laughs> folks, there is one particular audience member who just immediately was. Uh, basically our sixth speaker in the course of counting Holly and counting Brian Floyd, who you'll hear tons of audio of. Um, and Richard Johnson as well. Richard has a mic and he, he participated. Uh, but So I guess our seventh. But a, uh, a Nebraska fan was extremely participatory, um, generously served throughout the evening by the uh, local barkeep and happened to be sitting next to my wife. I didn't even know this until later. (laughs) My wife found uh, later, you know, let me know that, Hey, that guy y'all were talking to throughout the entire, like first 20 minutes, I was sitting next to him and he's really nice. So shout out to that guy. Our, uh, he wins the, what the audience Heisman for the show. Yeah. He won the audience Heisman. In addition to that, Though Nebraska football was canceled, his performance. I'm just gonna get make him one. I'm making him one and zero on the season. Congratulations, you won your debut. Yeah. Somebody honored Scott Frost Day. See, somebody, someone somebody celebrated Scott Frost. Yeah. 
That is that is a, a great segue for us, by the way, to turn into um, how did Nebraska do this weekend? And like we go, how did new stuff go? <laughs> My favorite right? like, thing how did... that happened all week was Corn Nation, our Nebraska blog, which did an awesome job covering an awkward situation with the game being canceled. Mm-hmm. They, put, they put up game day grades, grading the, like how they look in the tunnel walk. <laughs> how the grass look? Grass looked quality, looked outstanding. Yeah, the uh, the Akron Nebraska game postponed due to weather. At one point, I heard, you know, there's lightning and seventy mile an hour winds, and I thought, yeah, it's perfect. That's exactly how you know you want like your Midwestern debut to go, right? Like, how Big Ten is it? There were seventy mile an hour winds and lightning, and that's what it took to cancel the game. Not forty. No, we needed seventy. <laughs> right on the it's, it's right on the edge. I mean. If you get if you get if you get a fullback with a good tailwind, they say it can be beneficial. <laughs> Just the, you know they're they're really actually more aerodynamic than one would think at speed. If a fullback it's is like moving like wind aided, are they like dragons. trying to slow down? You know, it, they're like like when you're running downhill and you're like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> deploy deploy fullback flaps. <laughs> uh, no, I meant two bags of chips, right? Oh, Just like empty bags. Just holding out an open bag, open bag Just of using, feed. Ju- yeah, just using a burlap sack of like, like they're just holding yeah, a just bucket a above their head, <laughs> right? Just you know the SEC drag shoot. It's just a bag of red man, right? Empty. <laughs> Got that? Uh, anything like? There's no actual like. Th- th- I think the theme to this week is you go. Oh, okay. What were actual surprises? There were there were there were very few. Very few. This is a this is a paint by numbers week. Everything was according to scripts, of... and I mean, like, yeah, Maryland over Texas—that's an upset. But we literally saw it last year. Like those may may be a surprise for those who doubted uh, the effect of Joe Moorhead upon Penn State's football team and what his yeah. what his, his absence would wreak. Like, is this what we're looking for? Are we looking for little cracks early, or you go? Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna hold, boss. 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 <laughs> like I, I don't know. I kind of think, like, you know, you look for it. You go, well, who's worried about Alabama? The only person worried about Alabama is Nick Saban. Like, <laughs> Which is honestly great. Like, good. Let him be miserable about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go in your stupid fucking t- championship and let the rest of us have fun. Up here in the rarefied air of being over 5'5", five, five, uh, <laughs> the rest of us have other things to do. Like, so sorry, sorry, stretch. It's so t- it's so it's all up here. John Krakauer's writing about me, right? Like that's. I think the only part about that whole thing that pissed me off was like, I mean, yeah, he he said, you know, he was he was a dick on national TV, but okay, whatever. It was a heated moment, um, and he later apologized and tried to explain it. Fine, whatever. Like, I just hated Bama fans just immediately leaping to defense of it, like, huh. His polo matches my social media, Avi. I think this is great. Like it would match too. Dude. That at some point ever, maybe. Just, just say like, oh yeah, coach is pissed off. He sounded like a dick. You should apologize. That's fine to say. It should be fine to say too that you go, you go. Oh, you know that's inexcusable to be that way to Maria Taylor. I agree. Also, I would point out. Maria Taylor probably pretty happy with the results, actually, because what you want in the sideline interview immediately after a game isn't, you know, we were good. We were good. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. No, you don't want that. You want Scott, You want Nick Saban to walk over and say some irresponsible garbage. I, I would go to jail willingly to watch Maria Taylor rest her elbow ever so casually atop his head. <laughs> 
his head while conducting her next sideline interview. Like, hey there, slugger. What's going on? Sport. Chief, can you speak up? Champ, I can't. I can only pilgrim, reach down so far. Pal. <laughs> that that's the like other the world's angriest. My buddy, my buddy, and me doll. <laughs> Like that's the best part is that you go, oh man, you know, like like he was really, he just he was really rude, and I'm like, you know, the greatest in like the greatest rudeness in any interview with Nick Saban involving Maria Taylor is when the camera has to pan back up to finish it, <laughs> like pan up like dramatically, like a good like 45 degree angle to the northeast or to the northwest in order to get her in the frame because it's not close. Do you, do you know who else the ESPN camera crew, uh, I think, I think must really love working with this Brian Kelly because in the uh, in game day, the little bit of game day that I caught, uh, they were they had him and Brian Kelly and Maria in those in those high chairs, and they do this in part. Part of the reason you do this setup is to uh, kind of eliminate the height difference, so you don't have to do one of those Gandalf tricks where you put Maria three feet behind Brian Kelly, so it looks like they're the same height. But they had the shot cropped too wide, so you could see their entire bodies, and you could see how far his legs were from touching the ground when he sits in that chair. I like that you use the word high chair. There's Maria gracefully, there's there's Maria gracefully, you know, folded onto a chair, you know, not a care in the world. And there's Brian Kelly hunched over like he's about to ask her three riddles from under a bridge, (laughs) straining his toes as far as he can. They should put Nick Saban in a literal high chair, like in a in a child's high chair with a bib and everything. Give him a tray to bang on. He'll love that. (laughs) You you know, to be clear, and and to be clear, before we before we move on uh, from Boss Baby, we won't. won't, But I I just want to point out again that the least bothered person about this is Maria Taylor because she's way too professional to do any of these things that we are fantasizing uh, about her doing to this short awful tyrant yeah also don't defend your football coach no it's okay he's fine he's fine he'll be fine yeah you don't you don't need to do that you really don't they pay him eight muck eight fucking million dollars and they bought him a house that he doesn't even have to pay for he doesn't need your avi writing all his his real estate debts he's fine yeah i mean they help they help prepare his retirement they help prepare his retirement package i mean yeah i thought like you know, other than he, like, oh, what fine. a dick. He shouldn't have said that. Like, the immediate thing to me was the video is fucking hilarious. Like, this maddest little man, maddest little man on earth. And she says, oh, I hear you. Now, can you answer my question worded slightly differently? <laughs> yeah, if, if she'd known, if, that would have been great. Like, coach, a follow-up question about your quarterbacks. Like, I, I man. Maria's way too professional to do any of this shit. But if she'd known how, she would have okay batman him. It was a spiritual okay Batmaning. It was good too because I knew he was winding up. Like if, you, if you've watched more than you he know, was like mad before the game was over. Like if you knew that he was, this is by the way, this is when he's most dangerous, right? Don't hit him up after a twenty-four, twenty-three dramatic win, okay? Because he, you won't get anything good. You can walk when up he's there. He's got time to watch individual players from the sideline. Andrea Adelson said he was winded up on some linebacker, like before the whistle even blew. Yeah. And if that's when you when he has like a dramatic game, you know, like when when Alabama beat LSU uh, with the dramatic AJ McCarron screen pass, yeah, that the wording on that's ironic, right? Mm-hmm. AJ McCarron, by the way, once threw a screen pass, and Alabama fans were like, "Hasman, Hasman, give it to him!" Do you see that screen pass? TJ Yeldon, meanwhile, just streaks down the field, runs <laughs> like thirty-five yards through eight defenders to get it, and they're like, "Give it to AJ." He's just that good. 
AJ McCarron, by the way, has a like quarterback rating in the NFL of like 0.8 at this point. I thought it was 0.1. No, I mean, it's like mathematically improbable how low it is at this point. That's that's would be Heisman winner AJ McCarron. And after that game, Nick Saban's like bizarrely affectionate to everyone, saying, I thought these kids played a great game. They were amazing. Let me remind you that Nick Saban was winding up and had a fit after Alabama smoked Louisville 51 14, y'all. That's. I saw him go off after they waxed Clemson to ruin Tommy Bowden's entire career in Atlanta. And that was after a massive victory, too, like 30-6 to six or something like that. My favorite Sabrin quote is still after that regular season uh, Bama-Georgia game where it's like John Parker Wilson and Javier Arenas and a couple other guys in the locker room. And Dan Wetzel has this amazing piece that's my favorite piece of sports writing ever where – a couple of the guys were like, yeah, Saban smiled and told us he loved us. And a couple of the other guys were like, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone that. It was like, no, it was like, it was a guy who you would not think would uh, would get the, the willies about something like that. It was like Javier Arenas or one of those dudes being like, no, he didn't. 51-14 and... Pitching a fit at the end of the game against the reporter who asked him the question, do you have any further information on your quarterbacks, basically? Quit asking! You know what's really great? <laughs> you know what's really great? Is is we, we've talked about all all this, this time about how Nick Saban is boss baby and not about how Jalen is definitely not going to transfer. Definitely not. Oh, yeah. He'll be there. You beat us, you tiny little devil. Small enough to put on my shoulder. All part of the plan. Uh, you around like a purse dog. I guess the other thing was, was you go, okay, uh, Auburn? Is Auburn good? I'm kind of struggling with this question because I watched that whole game. At what? Um, I think football right. is what we're, football's my guess. I know what Auburn's good at otherwise. Exploding dogs. Good at and, red uh, zone defense. Second collections at church. Yeah. They're good at uh, they're good at listing alumni in commercials. They always have alumni in commercials. Like, remember Tim Cook? Remember Tim Cook? Remember this person? Yeah. I can't figure out whether this. There's team... always a couple of those that I feel like they're lying about. You ever feel like they sneak? They try and sneak one in. Yeah, they're like Mark Zuckerberg. You're like, I don't think he went to Auburn. Yeah, Auburn has cornered be... Silicon Valley. It'd be Facebook if it were National Treasure Kathleen Turner. Hey, wait a goddamn second. <laughs> Abdul Nasser. Wait. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that, I, that game was um, a, a laborious watch, just because there was at one point we were we all happened to be together. We were having like meetings and stuff all weekend, and uh, Bill Connolly, who was stuck with the live blog for that game, looked up as soon as Washington crossed the twenty. He said they should just kick it right now. Seventeen yards later, they fumbled. <clears throat> Bill Conley's always right, <laughs> and that was sort of the uh, microcosm of the game. If you get in the twenty, just kick it. Just kick, kick, kick. Might as well. Yeah, because every time I've seen a Pac-12 team come up against uh, a team from, you know, say the ACC or the SEC over the past, psh, I don't know, is it ten years at this point? Fifteen. The one thing you notice is that they're really good. Um, except for that part where it comes to putting a bunch of extremely fast fat people on the field. There's just not, 
it's different. You saw like after the first quarter, like they settled down. But for that first quarter, Washington was like, I have no idea how to deal with these people. None. The defensive line was not, it was not to be contained. I mean, they, they eventually figured out some stuff that kind of worked. But up front, up front, that's a horrendous matchup every single time. Like, I don't even need, I can't even really tell you that Washington's not real good. Because I don't think they're going to face that in conference. Yeah, I don't think they're going to face. They were also without their best lineman as well. He was hurt. He was injured before the game or whatever. They were without their left tackle, right? Yeah. But one on one across the board, it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't explain the other four positions, but yeah. Yeah. Well, how long do they look? Take a look at the schedule, and they have they have got a little bit. Uh, a little bit of time to get their to get their feet set before things get super serious. Um, are they playing? Are they playing Rutgers again? Please say they're playing Rutgers again. Is who playing Rutgers again? Washington. I think oh. emphasis on a little bit of time because they got to go at Utah in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you no, no, I meant that's. I, I was kind of trying. That was that hesitation in my voice was me seeing North Dakota on the schedule and being like, "Wait, which is that? The good Dakota or the real?" That's the safe Dakota. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Because you Kansas Kansas State almost lost to a dangerous Dakota. Yeah, there's there's three good Dakotas and then there's yeah. They got yeah. Well, oh man, Whew, so they've, they've got the a couple they... weeks. It's. I think what I was saying is I like I like them with fundamentally two weeks to prep for Utah. Right. Well, then you see what's after that, buddy. They got to play Herm Edwards team. <laughs> Those boys Ooh. won like sixty Ooh. to two or something. Herm, oh, I, hey, Herm has to go. Is that game at Washington? Nah, yeah, it's at Washington. Herm Edwards has to go someplace where it gets dark at four p.m. Don't tell me I'm sleepy. That was, That's Herm like was probably pop, pops Herm, up Herm, late Saturday night. And yeah. how'd that go? It, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Herm, Herm pop- won in week one, big time. Y'all, y'all, are we prepared for? I know, I know, this is the look ahead of all look aheads, but did the Commonwealth Cup just get intriguing in like all the wrong ways? <laughs> Not the Commonwealth. I'm sorry, the territorial. Cup. The territorial yeah. cup. Uh, I was like, Herm's going to win. If Kevin Sumlin I made a bet on if it. Kevin uh, makes his Cowboys escape to to like to Arizona and then loses to Herm Edwards <laughs> at the end of his first year. <laughs> I'm sorry. The uh, not not to do the the constant shutdown full cast mistake of looking ahead to Arizona Arizona State. Well, we will have a weekly check in. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> but uh, in case anyone missed it, Godfrey and I, our 2018 fried chicken bet is the territorial cup. We just we just we thought we talked about whether it could be like win totals or just head to head. We settled on head to head to keep the looming drama all weekend long, and then literally just shortly after that, Arizona lost as like a 12 point favorite, and Herm won by like. 50 points so i'm off to an awesome start there i am not considering arizona state in this matchup to be clear i'm sure godfrey's taking it gracefully yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah very classy uh yeah no i listen future pac-12 champion herm edwards say it to yourself look in the mirror uh, i think, Repeat it I think it the raiders right. are gonna come calling or come calling pretty soon they gotta get grooved, <laughs> gotta get grooved out of there <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be like how old is he old Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he so he doesn't trade all his best players. Hmm, interesting. It's amazing. Has Herm Edwards traded Khalil Mack? Not even once. Not even on his team. <laughs> yeah. 
It's amazing. Uh, there were people who almost lost this week. People who people who played games that were closer. Not just Penn State. No, no, no. Not just Penn State who almost, yeah, reproduced Michigan's epic 2007 loss to Appalachian State. No, uh, this one, uh, this one, this one's weird. It, it does involve the Big Ten. I know everyone like laughed at the at the Pac-12, which I don't know. I can't really stop you from laughing at the Pac-12 because honestly, it wasn't very pretty. It's nice to be noticed. It's good. Do you want this attention? That's the thing. Hey, why don't you talk about us? Oh, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Let's see it. Um, Michigan State. Michigan State was in a, a dogfight with Utah State. Did win. You would think that Michigan State would be better at dogfighting. What? They're a hard people. What? Yeah. Um yeah, no, they're, they're apparently not real good at it. Listen, it happens 31. in week one. It happens when you play Utah State. As a as an adopted Auburn fan for the year, I have to stick up for the – Utah State is a really hard team to play in week one, okay? Mm. Is Chucky Keaton still on that team? I'm assuming so. Can we check? All right. He must be. Ninth-year senior, Chucky Keaton. But, yeah, they, they're, they're going to want us to forget about that, period. You know? I mean, like, Louisville – I don't know. You're playing Alabama. What's a what's a reasonable result with a first year starter at quarterback? Wait, I was joking. Chucky Keaton is now an assistant coach at Utah State. Yes, perfection, perfect. That's great. Oh, I love that kid. I, I'm I'm making jokes because Chucky Keaton uh, was at Utah State forever, and it was at Utah State forever because he kept getting horrible, awful, unfair injuries, and he's wonderful. Anyway, please continue. Uh, but yeah, you, you almost had you almost had something real bad happen there. You know, you almost had something real bad happen. Can we just, I mean, James Madison and all that, NC State, NC State struggled. This was a struggle for a minute. James Madison's good. They're good, I mean, man. The, NC State won the party. They yes, did win the party. that's important detail there. I mean, JM, <laughs> if J, JMU against uh, any team lesser than NC State probably could have pulled it off, but that wasn't the key detail from this game. Um, you should go read Spencer's blog post on the uh, NC State fan gif. <laughs> yeah, we'll include it. It includes a fervent case for monarchy that is not at all sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, no, our new queen. W- welcome, welcome her. Hail, hail. Um, there's one game I want to point to. I think, well, actually, the two I think results that most jumped out at me, both primarily for mid-major teams um oklahoma kicked the absolute shit out of fau mm-hmm. uh i think the game was something like 63 49 to nothing before fau even scored which you know i don't think anyone picked fau to win but we picked it to be a shootout you know if you told me oklahoma scored 63 i'd say oh fau probably like 49 um fau got two in garbage time so uh i think that speaks well for Mike Stoops' defense? Crazy as that is to say? Uh, yeah. We'll see how that holds up. But, I mean, Kyler Murray looked good, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too surprised by that against FAU. But uh, Mike Stoops out-dueling Lane Kiffin. That's a, that's a surprise. Yeah. I, I think Kansas – I don't really know what to tell you if Kansas State almost loses to somebody, but, you know, then sort of pulls it out. Cause yeah, that's to be expected. He, yeah, they just play slow ball anyway. So every now and then you're just going to get stuck in a game that ends up being like 24, 23. You end up getting stuck in a game where, you know, you play closer than you think. 
So that's going to happen. That's not super shocking to me. One game I thought would be closer, Boise State had to go to Troy. Yeah, this is the other one for me. <clears throat> yeah. Like, you know, I'll let you speak on that, but that was just like in short, I was kind of I was kind of shocked. Some peskiness there. Yeah, I thought they'd be peskier. Reader there was not. Yeah, this was an impressive game by Boise State. I mean, that's that's far. That's against a good team, a, a team that's you know proven to be well coached. Like, granted, they're replacing a lot, but they're you know predicted to contend in the Sun Belt. You know, in any time, any one, any mid major going to face any other mid major contender, you expect a good game. It was an ass whooping, and Boise State pretty much far and away your New Year's Six favorite right now. I see you, UCF. Settle down. Play somebody. You <laughs> play. Come on. Give it. Give it a minute. Also, uh, by the way, uh, and this is not sarcastic. Legit impressed by Stanford. Just yeah, like yeah. No, I thought because this is a team that you know avenged. Doesn't usually look ready to oh, play football. That's that's they did. They looked ready to play football. First time in right? what, like four years, <laughs> Stanford is actually clocked in on time. Yeah, they figured out that uh, they figured out that you can't get lower than a B at Stanford anyway. Might as well focus on football a little bit. Might as well, might as well show up for yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Might as well show up for that because uh, guess what? They they grade you on a curve in the classroom at Stanford, but on the field, I'm sorry, San Diego. Fields are flat. Fields are flat. That's yeah. right. Here's San Diego State, bro. The only curves we acknowledge are on these hot babes who are yeah. who are in, our in coaches. The waves that we're catching. Our, our, co- our coaches who are hot babes. Got a perfect 10 as in the number of points we put up. Rocky Long does have exquisite cheekbones. He does. And uh, he could take them freshly bruised from a beating at the hands of Stanford 31-10 <laughs> into the next game. He's so pretty and mangled. But yeah, no, good. Like, seriously, little note. Hey, you want to talk? You want us to talk about you, Pac-12? Okay. Good job, Stanford. Good job to we're the sorry Big that 10 we said you were going to focus on academics. Oh, actually, one more little Pac-12 note. You know, before we lose another 10 listeners talking about the Pac-12. Um, we going to do Wazoo? I was going to say this. Uh, Colorado State, Colorado. Ooh. Uh, uh, kind of an unexpected ass kick in there. Because Colorado State, uh, it was 45-13 buffs. I, Steven Montez, he was 22 for 25, y'all. I, I feel like one thing we've learned so far this year is that Colorado State is bad. Yeah, no, they're very bad. <laughs> they're not good. They're going to suffer this year and suffer badly. They're going to let a quarterback... On a college field, do things like only miss three passes out of 25. I bet those were drops. Can y'all hear the weed whacker, by the way? Uh, no, but that would be appropriate since at the live show, we did have Bud Elliott every time we talked about Florida State's issues come on with a giant leaf blower. Did that play? Because I wasn't in view of the audience at that moment. It, uh, um, it blew my computer off the table. Wait, did it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> y'all really can't hear this? It's loud as hell. Wow. I hear something. No, it'll be weird. We we won't hear a weed whacker, but if somebody crinkles a sandwich bag twenty feet away, it'll sound like it's over the microphone. <laughs> um, uh, uh, one other game, uh, LSU Miami. That shit was weird as hell. We're recording this on Monday, so whatever happens in FSU VT, uh, got nothing for you. But LSU Miami, that was a strange game. Like it's sort of at halftime, it was like, oh, Coach O's got a quarterback now. You look at his numbers; he's like ten of twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Joe Burrow and, uh, yeah. you know, shutting down the Canes. The Canes have more yardage, you know, like yeah. it was a game like Miami's punter is um, we don't trash student athletes here on this program. We don't. Miami's punter is uh, he directional, perhaps is a way to put it. He, he's not bound by the conventions of the field. 
uh, he uh, he goes for coffin corners. You know, it, just the corner happens to be you know his own forty yard line, as the case may be. It's a corner of something. They had some special teams issues, and hidden yardage might have been an issue. That's the issue. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you look, you know, uh, LSU. They, <laughs> the game was so out of hand. Average- they spent the whole fourth quarter talking about where LSU's kicker went to Division Two previously, and the and oh, they were talking about the attendance at his previous yeah, school. Yeah, it was the kind like of it was the kind minutes. of broadcast where like the announcers just yeah. throw out a stat, and then so, they have time to actually look it up. <laughs> that's how out of hand it was yeah. but like lsu was perfect on field goals miami missed one um bubba baxa who we learned is the name of miami's kicker missed a field goal bubba baxa bubba baxa bubba baxa bubba 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 baxa spencer tweeted uh what was it yeah you know what it is bubba baxa bubba baxa bubba baxa it fits damn it you've been bubba baxord yeah but yeah i mean lsu you know, you know, it's a credit to say you dominated special teams, but when the other team's punter is, again, um, unconventional, not that mm, hard. So I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I want to just do a redo to know what to make a think. You know, what to think. Yeah, of either LSU, of these LSU's average starting position was something like. Uh, they started like the, the forty-five. Yeah, they started every drive on the forty-five. Which you know, then you're only five yards away from the traditional. Uh, yardage barrier that LSU struggles to cross. I was going to say, LSU loves starting at the 45. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's really first and Oh, five. starting their own possessions at the 45. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult for me to say that with anything like comparable field position, you'd get a blowout this bad. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't. Also, you know, they, they Miami did the thing where they made all their mistakes real early. Real early. Real fast. Just a, a perfect storm of little things that I do not think reflects the overall quality of either team. I don't because I did sort of see Joe Burrow, and in my head you go, "Well, what's this going to look like when he's playing Alabama?" Oh no, bad. You know, this. I, I sort of think I this like one to. where like the result counts, but I'm not updating any files here. Spencer, yeah. have we have we confronted Jason yet about the uh, about the Joe Burrow? No, we haven't. Um, Jason, do you want to tell us anything about playing quarterback for LSU? Or your son? Oh, come on. You are, you are hiding a no, child. No, I, you, son. Uh, literally, son. This is outrageous. I, it's uncanny. It's okay. Also, you can't spell Jason without Joe, J-O. Also, burrow, owls burrow. Oh, God. Burrowing owls. Okay, my mom is from Ohio. No, 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 no. See, this is... Yeah. No, you can't prove that. You might want to start talking to some people. My, my mom is from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either this is you, either this is your son, or there's a loose Kirk somewhere out there <laughs> who goes by the name of <laughs> that, Joe Burrow. That's horrifying. <laughs> we we done lost contain. I gotta send you the screen cap I took last night because it's I mean it might it might be your daughter because I can't see hair. If you see Joe Burrow on the sidelines post game, take off his shirt and he's covered in tats. Just like, <gasps> I don't know. He's pretty pale though. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Um, I, I've been outdoors, you know, fair amount this summer. That that fella needs to. That was the first thing I thought when looking at him is like, well, that guy needs some sunshine. So I don't know. Maybe I need to see him with a little bit, of just a slight tint to him. Mm. Well, where will he get that in Louisiana? Not yet. Where? Yeah. Have to wait till summer really kicks in there. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Just put it on the board. All right, we'll, you, we'll monitor you and Joe the Burrow. situation. <laughs> Possibly blood Joe relatives. Burrowing owl. Yeah, dig into it, so to speak. Anyway, like I was Crickets. saying, Joe Burrow is awesome. He's uh, truly the savior of LSU's <laughs> program. And, and handsome. Numbers really don't tell handsome. the whole story. Uh, completely changed Piercing the game. Gaze. Decisive Man, win um, by LSU. Can I give you like uh, the same game, just the same game, just with a few tweaks? Really, is the same game like, and it, it felt the same. Was was Michigan Notre yes, Dame? Yes, precisely. Did not did not feel that different. Like if you want to know what the big di- like people go, what is decisive verdict on the Harbaugh administration? Yeah, like you elected them, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and Brian Kelly doing a fantastic job there. This is what happened. All right, go back to Notre Dame's opener last year. Okay, at home. Notre Dame played who? They played Georgia, right? I think this is game two, actually. They played game two, their first big game at home. And the result was similar, just in reverse, right? Both teams ended up being pretty good on the year. They had to figure some stuff out. The results were, you know, pretty middling when you take two teams that look about the same and. One of them just has to score one more point. I, The only difference when you look at it is you go, oh, Michigan can't run the ball. They can't. They, they Against good competition, they can't run the ball now. They had 58 yards on the night. Uh, it, would, would you care to know how those broke out in terms of an average? It'd be a GPA that would not get you into Michigan, Michigan State, Eastern, Western, or Central. That's 1.8 yards. Per carry. You might could get into Central. You could get into State. You think he's in Michigan? <laughs> state, they just ask you, well, can you log? Yeah. How are Which, you with an way, X? Like, this is what sucks. You go, oh, man. Wow. Well, what was Notre Dame? What did they average per carry? Well, they won by a single score. It's a one-score game, and they averaged 2.8 yards a carry. I think the, God, the best sucks. thing I saw about this so game bad. was Bud wrote a post about how basically the difference was Michigan's quarterback can run, or Notre Dame's quarterback can run, you know, and he yeah. looked a little uh, more uh, like calm and and uh, steady in the pocket than Shea Patterson did. Um, yeah. Because, like, Notre Dame's running backs didn't do a goddamn thing. It, you know, it was all no. Brandon, Brandon Wimbush breaking loose. Um, but otherwise this game was super close and I was pretty baffled by like, you know, on Twitter and whatever during the game, like fire Harbaugh, Harbaugh overrated. Let's put up the stupid Brady Hoke stat. I feel like given the, given the coaches involved and the, the meteor game status of this game for most of the country, I kind of feel like we were going to get that reaction no matter what happened. Like if we, if we weren't doing this to, to Harbaugh at the moment, we'd be doing this to Brian Kelly. That's true. Right now, no matter how the game went. And I probably would not be defending Brian get... Kelly at all. No, no. I, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm with you that it's weird. I just think it was going to be weird no matter what because of the uh, outsized personalities of the gentlemen involved. Yeah, also this... Um... What's kind of the big critique of like how Notre Dame does things offensively? Well, it tends to place a lot of weight in the quarterback, right? Mm. He doesn't necessarily get to distribute as much as you might want. And that uh, kind of adds up because if your quarterback has a super bad day, uh, there's no real way to sort of ameliorate that. You can't make it better. You can't even out that risk a little bit. And 
if that's what they've got with Brandon Winbush, you go, oh, man, he can run a little. He still only had 59 yards. You're going to need more production out of the run game on both, for both teams, right? I think that's, like, semi-fixable for both teams. It's probably more fixable for Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan, though, offensive line. Offensive line's kind of a concern, y'all. It's an issue. Issue's the word we use for something you're not going to be able to fix that's actually a problem. Especially weird for a coach who's so beef and milk focused. That's got to infuriate him, right? He's going to be like, I believe in all things bulky. I don't have an offensive line. Okay, youngsters, which one of you has been eating chicken? Yeah. (laughs) Cough it up. Cough up the chickens. Cough up the chickens. It's a nervous animal. Damn it. Sounds like he counted his. Just Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to like take about, you know, like when I, was there anybody you looked at and you go, Ooh, that thing's definitely broken. Like that's a, like anything that you go, like if you had to go in six weeks and go, we'll see a total gel. For instance, this, not that this is a big stretch, but the O and six UNC <laughs> prediction, but baby, it's a six part process and down payment one. Went through and cleared on Saturday because UNC lost in Chapel Hill to Cal. Was that? I thought that was in California. Was it in? A, was it in there? Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Doesn't matter. I'm sorry for the fact check. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, have we not talked about Ole Miss Texas Tech yet? That's another thing I was going to point to and go. Where are things broken? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was in Cal. It was in Cal. So there we go. Pac-12, we're talking about you again. Look at that. You beat a, you beat a quality ACC team. You beat Michael Jordan. That's right. So uh, nine months, we heard Texas Tech's much improved defense. This is a thing we mocked on this program one week earlier. Uh, how many points did Ole Miss score? Uh, they scored 47 points. 40, is that a lot? <laughs> um, is it? I don't know. Like, what would be a lot? Are we going to look back at this and go, you know, actually, they played pretty well <laughs> when, like, TCU hangs 78 on them or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas Tech, your, your, your horrible defense that improved to bad, um, I would say it has not yet improved to average. So all of the nine months we spent, really, the offseason is pointless because everything we talk about is either, like, immediately proved obvious or immediately proved wrong. I will say this, like, sure, this is one of those incident incidents and instances in the first week where you go, oh, uh, new model, old model, old model and new model, same model, right? Where you go, hey, this is this has changed not one whit, and we have something that we go, yeah, um, same issues they had before, nothing has changed, no one improves. But Texas Tech, one thing hasn't changed that's a good thing. They they just they lost their starter. They lost McLean Carter in the first quarter to injury, and they just put Alan Bowman in and still got pretty decent production out of him. Not great, but as a first time starter thrown into a game against a pretty mobile, at least you know there's a lot of flashing shiny lights out there, a lot of scary parts moving around for the Ole Miss defense, and Bowman played pretty well. Like you know as a shell shocked first-year starter can going in against an SEC defense. Admittedly, even one is occasionally uh, as occasionally lenient in their prosecution of the pursuit of the football, as Ole Miss can be. Buddy, those are the land sharks. 
now led by an actual plush land shark. Well, you know, sharks get sharks sometimes get distracted by metal objects and just bite them instead of fish. Also, sharks Maybe. not known as pack hunters. <laughs> no, not <laughs> uh, how metal would that be? Yeah, you're like, wow, one of them is really dangerous. Yeah, you're never really going to get more than one. Yeah, just just... Avoid that guy. Yeah, running all around. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they they have some positives here when you go, okay, that's cool. Like, they might, you know, they've got stuff to build on and a loss. So, I think it's okay. Uh, but the defense, oh, man, same same thing. Same shit. But on Old Miss's side, also same shit. That offense is really fun. Super fun. Oh, my God, they're fun. Like, three wide receivers who can all go for 100 in a game, all on the field at the same time. Delightful. Um, do we want to talk about Hawaii? Hell yes, we want to talk about Hawaii. Why? Why? How could we not? How could we not talk about the kings, the kings of college football, Hawaii? Who now that they have re-embraced God's offense, the run and shoot. FBS is only two and O team, um, one of only two two and O teams in all of the NCAA, along with North Carolina A and T. So those are your two playoff teams right now. Um, Eighteen point uh, underdog in Colorado. Put it on Colorado yeah. State. Somehow a two touchdown dog at home against Navy who was flying like seven time zones. Yeah, how'd that, that work shit out? Up. For him. Then they won by eighteen. Yep. Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald. Get out of Cole McDonald's way. He's got eight hundred yards. All, Your quarterback probably has like two hundred. If you see a quarterback walk out in Hawaii as a white boy with dreads, kill yourself. <laughs> Jump in a well. It's over. Jump in the ocean and 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 yeah. <laughs> go go talk to the ancestors thirty feet down at the bottom because guess what, that's where your team's gonna be. Go live on an oil rig. Go jump <laughs> in the swirling trash continent, ever growing trash plastic continent in the ocean. That's where you live now. Yeah, go do that. Because Cole McDonald, Cole McDonald, like like rides with the gods this year. Right, he's got like 420 yards passing and change <laughs> per game already. Dude's already thrown nine TDs. Nine. I'm a Florida fan. That's all we get for the year. We're saving them up. He's just we're rationing them. He's white boy Moana out there. <laughs> he should throw TDs and go. You're welcome. <laughs> he's amazing. It's not cultural appropriation if Cole McDonald does it. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause you know, reasons. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, and they're really fun. They're ridiculous. Cause they'll usually let the other team back in the game too. That's happened twice in a row. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big lead. Also, you let them chip into a little bit. Sudden sprint to the finish. You got Nick Rolovich, a head coach who, in addition to, you know, running a fun offense and all that, he's also like a real character as a head coach. Um, like brings his fellow coaches gifts at mountain West media days. And, um, is like an actual human on Twitter. And there was a moment during the Navy game where he was arguing with a ref. And, you know, instead of getting in the guy's face or cussing or storming off, he puts up his dukes. Did you see this? Like, he puts up his dukes and pretends to be a, like a 1930s boxer. He's got a pose and the ref is laughing. And then they just turn around and, and walk away. Like, imagine any other coach, coach doing that. I can't believe the disrespect. Right, yeah. <laughs> Nick, Sa- Nick Saban squaring up. Somebody's like, get this child off the field. This juvenile pugilist. 
<laughs> the Nick Saban would actually be the size of a 1930s boxer. <laughs> I mean, a wise guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come over here, everybody? We got children boxing. That'd actually be huge in the 30s. Yeah, huge. Well, it, they would have loved in that. In the 30s, wasn't everyone like five four? Yeah, that's yeah, new. Poor nutrition. Yeah, he would have been a he would have been a giant. The, I guess this is my favorite thing that we do because we've been talking now for the better part of forty five minutes, and uh, this is when we go. Yeah, you know, to a tug of oil, it looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the storyline that Nick Saban managed to bury by being a bitch is that his quarterback is really fucking awesome, like just yeah. just like a like a like a silk wave of smooth butter flowing through that backfield whenever Louisville got back there. Like I've never seen a quarterback, much less like a quarterback in his second game, like yeah. look less frazzled. No, like if there's, and by the way, the people go, Oh man, he only had, you know, 227 yards. He threw the ball 16 times, man. 16 times. Like people go, Oh, this is new. This is a new look, Alabama. Yeah. They ran the ball 42 times, man. <laughs> like, 42 times around 65 plays. Just do the math. It ain't good. I don't know. I mean, I think it is a new look because, you know, two is drives. You score four touchdowns. You don't really need to pass from there on out, you know? Yeah. This shit is scary yeah. as hell, and only Clemson can save us. I would say, too, that, like, if you go, well, like, what is it like if I didn't really get to watch two or what does he remind you of? at the risk of offending anybody who had to play them as divisional rivals in the NFL and watch the damage that he wreaked at his peak. Not that he is not still playing, but it's just not quite the same. You know that moment when Drew Brees could move like, you know, three or four yards in the pocket, you know, in either direction, evade everything, and then hit a dude that you didn't even sort of see over in the corner who was wide open? That's kind of where he's headed. Like, if he gets... If he keeps this up, that like no look sense that somebody was open and then the touch to put it not just on their fingertips, but on the third, on the ring finger, the one that he knows is the one the receiver likes to begin every catch with because he watched the film and discussed it with him and then analyzed his biomechanics. Yeah, like he's got that kind of like full, scary, full field vision and ability to evade pressure without really up in the RPMs too much in terms of heart rate. Yeah, it's nuts. It could be really, really scary by the time this is all over. So quit asking. So quit asking. <laughs> <laughs>